0: Hey, of all the places you could be today, thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you happen to be checking us out. All right, we're gonna open up with a word of prayer. We always do this. It's an important time for us to connect with God. It's an important time for us to just allow God to speak into our lives and to come to him, letting him know how much we need him, acknowledging our need of him. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you and you know the needs in our lives. Father, some are super big. And Father, some are super small, but regardless of what size they are, we desperately need you. And Father, for those that need healing in their lives, Father, I ask that you would step in and do the miracle that they need. Father, for those that just need peace in their lives, they need faith in their lives, Father, I ask that you would step in. I ask that you would be the provider of all that we need in our lives. And we look to you, we turn to you, and we ask that, Father, you would satisfy the longings in our life. I just lift up each person, whatever they're facing in their lives right now, Father, that you would give them the strength that they need and the courage that they need for all that they face. Father, we ask you to speak into our lives today. We ask you beyond my words that your spirit would speak deeply to our hearts individually. You know exactly what we need to hear. And I ask that you would speak into our lives. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we are in a great series, a series that we've entitled Kingdom Come. It's a series we've been in for about six weeks, I realize, but each one of these talks are set aside for themselves as well. It's not like one is based on the other. However, if you've not listened to any of the Kingdom Come series, I would really encourage you to start from the beginning and that you would start listening because this is really an important topic. The kingdom of God was Jesus' primary message when he was here on earth, when he began his ministry. Think about that. He spoke about the kingdom of God more than he talked about faith, more than he talked about hope, more than he talked about peace, more than he talked about anything. And the reason is because the kingdom of God is what brings faith and hope and love. The challenge is is that we live in the conflict of two kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. I just want to remind you, this is not three kingdoms, a kingdom of Satan, kingdom of God, the kingdom of this world. The godliness of this world reflects the kingdom of Satan for sure. It also includes his agenda. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. He tries to distract us. He tempts us. He perverts the design of God for our lives. He confuses people. When we see an attack on the children of this world, whether it be through pornography, whether it be through sex trafficking, whether it be through abortion or gender identity, make no mistake, this is a reflection of the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of Satan's influence on this world. And because we are bombarded with the darkness around us, we must process it from the light that is within us. In other words, the light of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, And what happens is the Holy Spirit within us helps us not to be deceived or distracted. We don't participate in the activity of darkness, nor do we give in to the darkness. Remember Colossians 1 says this, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. You have been rescued from the power, the control, and the authority of Satan. But even with that, we have to choose Jesus every day. And this is an important point that I want to keep in front of us about what the kingdom of God is, and it's this you write down. We experience the kingdom of God when Jesus rules our lives. Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. He came to establish his rule and governance in the lives of people. Jesus invites everyone to belong to his kingdom. And as I said earlier, this message of the kingdom of God was Jesus' primary message. But we need to understand something about this message, and you can write it down. It's an important point. See, the message of the kingdom calls everyone to repentance. The invitation to the kingdom requires repentance from anyone that wants to enter into the kingdom. When we accept the message of the kingdom of God, it creates a repentance within us whether it was the disciples or whether it was the apostles or whether it was Jesus himself, the message that was shared with others was to repent. Listen to the scripture in Mark 1. It says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's interesting to me that the early church in the book of Acts, they never shared in their message or in their sermons, they never talked about God's love for them. In fact, God's love is not even mentioned in any of the sermons in the book of Acts. Now, don't get me wrong, because God's love is a great message. And Jesus spoke to people about God's love. But even when Jesus preached, he never spoke to crowds about God's love. See, I believe that there is a a, a potential problem when it comes to that. And you can write this down. See, when God's love for us brings no repentance from us, we have embraced him with our mind, but not our heart. New birth and new life can't happen without repentance, and repentance is a heart issue. The Bible makes it clear that there is no salvation without repentance, and Jesus said it this way. He said, And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. So if belonging to the kingdom requires repentance, then we need to know what repentance means, and the definition is this. It is, Repentance is a change in how I think that leads to a change in how I live. It it means to change the direction of how I think about God, how I think about sin, about who is in control of my life. When you really change your mind about something, it will change how you think about it, talk about it, feel about it, act about it. True repentance is more than just a mental game. Repentance is a decisive change in our direction. Repentance means that I need to turn around and go the opposite way of what I have been previously going. It's like being headed down the wrong way, you're headed towards hell. And you need to change your mind and turn around and go the opposite direction. Now there are three parts to repentance that I think is really important for us to understand. So the first one is this you write down, it's a mental element. This is where we become aware of our personal sin and our guilt before a holy God. That's what the law of God did. It exposed our sin. It gave us a standard that was different than our own standard. In fact, Scripture says this in Romans. It says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. So the Scripture and the law of God exposes the condition of our lives and how far away from God we are. It shows us how truly sinful we are in our nature. Another element is this. It's an emotional element. This is where we experience what the scripture calls a godly sorrow for our sin. It's a remorse that we have for the condition of our lives and the choices of our lives. It's a sorrow and a mourning that we have experienced for our personal sin that has affected our relationship with God and with others. Second Corinthians talks about it where it says, for the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. Emotional sorrow recognizes the damage that sin causes, and it feels that weight. It feels the remorse of that, and then produces repentance. Here's another element of repentance. That's this. It's a sacrificial element, and this is where we ask God to forgive us. But it's more than our words that we ask God to forgive. This is there's a the determination and decision and a commitment that we make to turn from our sin, and turn to Christ. Peter said in a sermon that he gave, it said this in Acts, so turn away from your sins, turn to God, then your sins will be wiped away. You see, repentance has an action attached to it. It's not a works that earns God's favor. It changes and turns us so that our actions are headed in the right direction. So when we repent of our sin, when we acknowledge our sin, When we have remorse for our sin and we choose to follow Jesus and put our faith in Jesus, it's then that we belong in the kingdom. We belong to the kingdom of God. We belong to the King. You know this. Every day we are tempted to sin, to set our affections on something that offends God and or others. And every day we have to choose Jesus. We choose to go in His direction versus the direction that our flesh wants to go. I realize that I might have elaborated on that a bit too much, but I just feel like it's really super important. See, when we want to step into relationship with Jesus without repentance or without remorse and sorrow, that doesn't engage our heart. What happens is we try to follow Jesus intellectually with our mind, but not with our spirit. I hope that makes sense to you because we have relationship with Jesus, through repentance and our faith in Jesus. And that makes us citizens of the kingdom of God. And as we've been talking about, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we live out the character of the king. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. They're called Beatitudes or Attitudes of the Kingdom. This is where the Holy Spirit helps us to form the personality of the king within us. See, the character of the kingdom gets expressed in the behaviors of the king and his citizens. So last week we looked at, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is the second attitude about the kingdom. It reads this way, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It seems like a weird statement, doesn't it? It almost seems like we're saying happy are the sad. So let's look at what mourning is and the blessing that's attached to us. First of all, you can write this down. Mourning is the sorrow that we feel due to our lack or loss in life. Mourning is a grief and brokenness within us due to the lack or loss that we encounter in life. And all of us do. We live in a sin-filled world. This world is broken. Life will include lack as well as loss. Ecclesiastes says it this way, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Mourning is not just the sorrow that we experience from death. Mourning also includes these, you can write it down. Our sorrow for our sinful condition, as I just previously stated. See, remember the first beatitude was blessed are those who are spiritually empty or bankrupt. Those who recognize that they are helpless without God. They, and They need God. We need to feel that. David said in Psalms, he says, I confess my iniquity, I am troubled by my sin. And as we read before, 2 Corinthians 7, Paul says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Mourning also includes this, sorrow for the spiritual condition of the world. It's easy to get angry at the world that we live in or to become numb and indifferent or apathetic to the condition of the people of this world. And we might say, hey, they are in the condition they are because of the choices that they've made. The truth is what we see in the world, what we see in those of the world, is the spiritual need of the world and we as believers need to feel that as jesus was traveling in his ministry he came upon a view of jerusalem and the scripture reads this way that as jesus approached jerusalem he saw the city and he wept over it he wept over its spiritual condition mourning also includes this sorrow for the bad things that we experience the disappointments and the hurts and the loss of life if you remember, Jesus had some very close friends, Lazarus and his sisters. And when his friend Lazarus had passed away, the scripture records it this way. When Jesus saw Lazarus' sister sobbing and saw how those with her were crying also, his heart was touched and he was deeply moved. Then Jesus started crying. See how much he loved Lazarus, they said. Listen, it's not just death. We can experience sorrow when we lose all. Our health, our jobs, relationships, dreams, money. There are many reasons that cause us to feel sorrow. And it's important that when those things happen that we do go through and we feel sorrow. You see, the lack and loss can come in many different forms. But something we have to remember, and you can write this down, the right response to lack and loss is not to fake it, but to face it it's not to deny it but deal with it. The healthy response is to acknowledge the hurt we feel. God created us as emotional beings and many people suppress these emotions. We say things like, you know what, I'm not going to think about it. Or we say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it right now. But something else you can write down is this, if we don't deal with it in a healthy way, we will act it out in unhealthy ways. See, sorrow is not just something that we get over It's something that we go through, and it's something that we must experience God in. It is something that we need to experience healing in. If we don't mourn the losses in life, we get stuck in that stage of life, in the events of life, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And then what happens is we spend the rest of our lives reacting to the loss. Remember, these are attitudes of the Kingdom of God, and they contradict the attitudes of this world. You can write this point down too. This world doesn't do well with sorrow. This world likes to party. And partying has always been a strange concept to me. In the world, partying is what brings people together. The world's response to life is partying. And you don't have to have a reason to party. But something else I think you write down as important is this. For the world, partying is not about the celebration of life, but the medication for life. Because they don't want to feel the losses in life. We live in a world that medicates our emotions. And the truth is, most people don't want to feel sorrow. In fact, the world sees sorrow as a bad thing. This beatitude or attitude of mourning helps us to understand something that you can write down. Mourning has just as much to do with where we turn as to how we feel. I'm gonna repeat that. Mourning has just as much to do with where we turn as to how we feel. While it's important to feel sorrow, where we turn in the sorrow is key to this promise that Jesus gives us in this attitude that he records in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says this, "'Blessed are those who mourn,' and the promise is, "'For they will be comforted.'" When Jesus says, "'They will be comforted,' he uses the same root of the Greek word that he used when he talked about sending the Comforter. And the Comforter is the Holy Spirit the source of comfort that we need. See, before Jesus left to go to heaven, he told his disciples this, but when the Father sends the comforter instead of me, and by the comforter, I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you much as well as remind you of everything I myself have told you. See, this word comforter means this, to be brought close. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that comes alongside of us, and then as we step into the kingdom, as we repent and turn our lives over to God, the Holy Spirit is the one who dwells within us. It's what David communicates in Psalms 34 when he says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, that God is with us in the loss and the hurts of life. So two quick actions, the first one is this, in your sorrow, turn to God. We need God for the sorrows of life. Sorrow is a part of life. It's not something that we choose, but we can choose where we turn with our sorrow. I love scripture in Isaiah 66 It gives a great picture that moms are nurturers. They know how to give the comfort that we need. And if you get hurt as a kid, your dad might say, just rub some dirt on it and you'll be fine. Moms say, come over here, let me look at it. Moms bring us close. And Isaiah 66 says it this way, as a mother comforts her child, so I'll comfort you. I hope that brings you encouragement and comfort during times of uncertainty, during times of disappointments, during times of hurt, during times of loss. When we have sorrow, God says, come over here, let me heal it. In 2 Corinthians, we're reminded of this. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. The strength that you need in life comes from your heavenly Father that longs to be close to you. The one who reminds you that you are loved the one who settles your fears, who quiets your anxieties, the one who heals your hurts. He reminds you that you belong to Him. Here's another action step, and that's this. When you see someone hurting, go to them. This isn't easy, but it's necessary. If we go on to read that passage that we just read, that God is the source of all of our comfort, it goes on to say this. And He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You can pass on to others what God has given to you. Bring them close. Listen with a heart of empathy, as if their sorrow is your sorrow. We need each other. We were not created to be isolated from one another. We need each other in life. If you don't have family, we as a church are your family. That's what God meant the church to be, is the family of God. And you need to belong in a family. You need to be in a connection group so you have people with you that will love you and support you in times of hurt and loss in life. In times where you need to be brought close. I wanna read to you my own translation of what I feel like this scripture that we just read is what, what it's really saying. From all that we talked about today, And this is what I feel like the scripture is really saying to us. Blessed are those who have experienced brokenness, who allow themselves to feel the lack and loss of life, because as they look to God in their loss, they will be brought close and experience His comfort, His healing. That's my prayer for you. In the sorrows of life that you will experience the comfort and healing that only God can bring. That it would strengthen your life. If you have experienced loss or you have also experienced lack in your life, I want you to realize that you're not alone. The world will say, medicate your sorrow. God will say, experience me in your sorrow. Let me read that beatitude one more time from the message translation and it says it this way. You're blessed when you feel that you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Loss is a part of life and loss hurts, but God heals and God comforts and God gives us strength that we need. That is an attitude of the kingdom that we need to have in our lives. Otherwise we will look for comfort in every place that we can find it. And God says, no, 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 I am your source of comfort. And you have that available to you because you are a citizen of the kingdom. If you're not a citizen of the kingdom, if you've not surrendered your life to Christ, if you've not repented of your sin, if you've not turned the direction of your life to follow Jesus, man, I wanna tell you, this is the great time to do it. I want you to experience the comfort that you need, the healing that you need. I want you to be a citizen of the kingdom. I want you to spend eternity in heaven. But repentance is something that only you can do. Remember the elements of repentance, it's mental, in other words, you're made aware of your sin, it's emotional, you feel the sorrow of your sin and it's sacrificial. There is an action that's tied to this new direction that you have committed yourself to take. So let's talk to God. Father, we come to you right now and those that are coming to you, those that are repenting of their sins, those that are aware of their sin and they feel the sorrow and they want to take their lives in a new direction, Father, I ask that at this moment that you will breathe new life into them and that you will heal their lives and that you would forgive their sins and that you would build them up. Father, I pray that you give them that new purpose that they need in life. Father, I thank you for each person that's listening, for all of us that we, as we go through the sorrows and the hurts and the disappointments, the loss and the lack in life. Father, we need your comfort and we need your strength in our lives. Father, we turn to you to be our source. We look to you to be our source. Thank you for being the source of our comfort. Thank you for being the source of the healing that we need. And Father, I ask that you would also help us to go to those that are in need of comfort themselves, that we can help comfort them with the comfort that we have received. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Man, what a great promise. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I just want you to feel that. I want you to embrace that. And and I want you to acknowledge that in the sorrow that you might be going through right now, you will be comforted because you're looking to the source of comfort. You're looking to God himself. Listen, we thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day again. God's very best to you. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.